You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our weekly White Sox chat with the inimitable, inimitable Merck. Can you say that inimitable? The inimitable Scott Merkin. Unable to be imitated. That's what I'm trying to say about you, Merck. Boy, I've never actually tried to say that word out loud. It's it's fun. Um, All right, so listen, Merck, the White Sox, they've lost seven straight. They've lost 15 of 19. They have turned a six-game lead in the AL Central into third place in the AL Central. Uh, as I wrote on uh, Sports on Earth, it's not a slump or a skid. That's a spiral. What do you make of what's going on in the Windy City? Uh, it has not been good baseball, to say an understatement. Uh, you, you know, it all it kind of began with that game in Texas. I said they had the great win the first game in Texas, and Frazier hit the uh, the grand slam when I went to the 12th or 13th inning, and then the next night, seven runs in the eighth inning, and it's been kind of, you know, downward fall since then. And it, you know, as, as Todd Frazier, who's been become a great spokesman along with Sale for the team, said after Monday's loss, the the one nothing loss to uh, Matt Harvey, is that you know when they were winning, when they were 23 and 10, it was always someone different every day doing something. Maybe it was Matt Albers pitching on a bases loaded jam, or Jimmy Rollins hitting the game winning homer in Game Two of the season against Oakland. And now it seems like everyone every day it's a different person coming up short. And that's again not to cast aspersions at them, but they're they're not playing well and. You know, they built up a cushion with that 23-10 and 10 start. Okay, now the cushion's gone, so now what do they do? You know, if it gets much deeper, things could go south in a hurry. The, the, the one benefit, the two benefits they have is they did have that great start, so this 4-15 and 15 run doesn't put them 10 games under and, and in a fight just to get to 500. And number two is that, you know, there's really no team at all in the AL, let alone in the AL Central, that is run off and hid at the beginning of the season. They're not chasing a team that's 23 games over or 18 games over. So if they can right this ship, they can get going and, you know, and, and pursue their, their hopes of the postseason again. The problem is very tough schedule in the near future. So it's, it's gonna, they're going to have to do it through troubled waters or a little turbulence to use both an air and sea reference there. I like it. Well, how about the, the, the captain of the boat and the, the pilot of the plane? Uh, obviously, it's been uh, a talking point, Robin Ventura's status, whereas just a few weeks ago, he talked about as a guy deserving uh, of a contract extension. He did in the last year of his five-year contract. Um, and now the talk has obviously swung the other way, as tends to happen when, uh, you know, performance, particularly bullpen performance, swings the other way. Uh, what do you make of the chatter about Robin Ventura's uh, job security or lack thereof? You know, I've covered this team for – 14 years for MLB.com and then part of another year for another organization. And as long as I've watched the White Sox, they do not make moves to spark a team. They don't say, well, we need to make a change, so let's fire the manager or let's fire the pitching coach or let's fire the best coach. I know they'll look at the Mark Perrin move last year and say, well, that was a sacrificial lamb. But, no, there was a reason behind it. And, you know, they won't make a move unless they feel that they – Robin Ventura is not getting the job done. They're not going to do it because they're they've lost ten in a row, or because they're five and twenty-two. So I, I think he's the guy to do this for the foreseeable future. You know, people have asked me a couple of times in different interviews about what he does well. For one thing, the players respond to him; they play for him. And I think you can't ask much more of that, more than that, of a manager. See, that was a little confusing there too. Um, and I, I think he, he has that clubhouse. He's, he's a leader in that clubhouse, and that was shown during the Roche situation in spring training and, and every day since. But, you know, 
he, he's probably, I don't want to say by the book, but maybe too much matchups in the bullpen. And, you know, I understand the criticism on the bunt because it was Melky Cabrera, because it was your number three hitter. So I, I kind of understand that move and, and, and the criticism of the fans that followed. Yeah, I mean, the tactical side was something that was even brought up when they brought back Ventura. Uh, uh, obviously, there are a lot of calls for Ventura's head at the end of last season. And Rick Hahn decides, no, this is, this is still our guy. But I think even at that point, Hahn acknowledged that um, there's some growth to be had there still on the, on the tactical side. So uh, I, I guess that particular criticism has merit. But, uh, but overall, well, I mean – Let me ask you, though. Let me ask you. I mean, what manager that you can name is – I mean, how many managers are great tacticians that change the game? I mean, I think Joe Madden gets a lot of credit on the north side of town as an example. And, and deservedly so, but I think it's more of how he manages that team. I think it's more how he knows when to give a guy a day off, how he knows, you know, how to maneuver the lineup a little bit. I'm not sure he's, you know, this genius who who can dig deep into the game and know when to put a hit and run on and know when to bunt and when not to bunt. I mean, Robin bunted with Melky Cabrera yesterday, which is very unusual, the number three hitter who's probably been, you know, with Adam Eaton slumping in May, the most consistent hitter in that lineup this year from start to finish. But he believed in his mind that one run was going to win that game with the dominance that Quintana was showing. One run did win that game. Now, do you do that with Harvey on the ropes and how bad he's been the third time through the order and how bad your bullpen was in Kansas City and during the month of May? That's questionable. But, I, you know, I don't know. I, I've watched a lot of baseball, as you have, and I just there aren't a ton of managers, I think, who go out there and because of their in-game moves and that sort of thing, change the landscape more than maybe you know a handful of games a season i've never seen a manager who willed the team to victory because he was so tactically strong from one to 162 yeah robin looked a lot smarter to me when the bullpen had a one something era the month of <laughs> exactly April, uh, he was he a did, veritable genius up, uh, 14 he? runs six innings yeah and when jimmy rollins hit the game-winning home run in uh Game two of the season against Oakland, he fit perfectly in the number two spot. And, and, and trust me, I'm not making light of the criticism. I understand, and, and fans follow this game, too, and they understand the nuances, too. I just think sometimes it's the easy answer. And, you know, it may end up being that Robin gets moved. It may end up that they go a different direction eventually in season. It rarely happens at the White Sox. I don't foresee it happening, but they may say, this is what we have to do. But I think sometimes that's too much of an easy out to say. I mean, Robin didn't cause David Robertson to blow a six-run lead in the ninth inning of a 7-1 game. You know, I mean, David Robertson had a bad day. Had a You know, it was a ridiculous situation for the bullpen overall. It's just kind of the perfect storm of awfulness for a weekend of a bullpen that, like you said, was very good in April. Now they're hoping that this isn't – in 2007 they had this great bullpen – all these guys throwing 95, 97 miles an hour. David Ardma, Andrew Sisko, Nick Massett, Matt Thornton, Bobby Jenks, and it was lights out in April. And then not good the rest of the year. So I think the Sox are crossing their fingers that that's not the case again this year. But I don't think it is. I think they have a good veteran group down there and just hit a really bad blip. And again, you know, you point and say, well, that's Robin's fault because he left Robertson in too long, or it's Robin's fault because he didn't pull Jones out, even though people wanted Jones in instead of Kingley in the ninth inning of the day before. So you really. You really can't win, and I think as you wrote, you know, you're basically hired to be fired as a manager. You know, very few managers are Mike Sosha and last there for 20 some years, and they're Tommy Lasorda or you know anyone else, Tom Kelly, who lasts for 20 some years on a job. Uh, well, the bullpen obviously flows off the rotation, and it's been no secret all season that they could have the, the White Sox could benefit from 
uh, more stability in the back end of that rotation. But I think that's where these James Shields uh, rumors come from or came from over the weekend. What do you make of those, Merck? Uh, how much meat is on that particular bone? Well, you know, I, I think the White Sox are interesting and interested. They're interesting one way or the other always, but they're interested in improving that rotation. They're interested in a left-handed bat. They're interested in another veteran arm, probably a, a bigger thrower, maybe a little higher velocity guy in the back end of the bullpen. But, you know, you got to give something to get something. And with Shields, there's a lot of money tied in that contract. I think it's anywhere between like 56 and $58 million when you can count in this year and the buyout and the potential option. And, you know, he's a, he's a solid pitcher. He's a, he's a fly ball guy. He gives up home runs in a park that plays small during, you know, the warmer months in Chicago. But, again, he's a guy that can help the bullpen because he goes regularly 200 innings from year to year. So, to be honest, I mean, I, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, you can't trade Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, whether it's Shields or, I mean, short of Mike Trout, which I don't think they're going to be acquiring, you know, Tim Anderson is your shortstop that you hope for the next 10 years. So you don't want to give that up and then have to start all over again looking for someone in that spot. So if you can work on a package to, you know, to acquire him, I think it's a good move. It's been kind of quiet the last couple of days. And last last I saw James Shields was starting for San Diego the day we're taping this, which is Tuesday. So it'll be interesting moving forward if, you know, maybe it quiets down for a while and it picks up again, much like TV did where he turned down the trade the first time in the Sox and then was acquired about 30 seconds before the trade deadline two months later. So, Right now, it seems kind of quiet with Shields pitching. We'll see how the future goes and what direction they go. Yeah, I'd be a little leery of the, the fly ball. I think it's like 1.3 home runs per nine over the last two years and gave up famously gave up the home run to Bartolo Colon. So that's a little worrisome right there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's all about what you're giving up or what you're taking on. And uh, I'm with you, Mark. I would not move Tim Anderson in that particular trade. If anything... Uh, maybe we'll see Tim Anderson at the big league level uh, with the White Sox before such a thing were to happen. But uh, we'll see if the White Sox can uh, right the ship or the Jets or whatever other uh, metaphors Merck wants to throw at us. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.